0: All right, well, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Jared Pickney, and I am here with good friend of mine, Brad Watson. Brad, how are you, my man?
1: I'm doing really well. Yeah, we're totally on the home stretch here in Portland. And uh, actually, last night, all of these members of all of our old missional communities put a party together for us oh, that's cool. uh, at one of the people's houses. And it was it was just so beautiful so thoughtful even it was filled with like a kind of a a funny joke they had a blue cheese bar so like all these different blue cheeses nice. from the world and i was like man this is so great why but like why blue cheese bar and they're like well because it stinks that you're leaving ah. <laughs> I was like, oh my god <laughs> that's awesome man. it's like the, best, that's like the best dad joke and the guy it's- who said that i mean it's like That's his whole MO, you know, and it was it was just so beautiful to see, yeah, all these people. And we sat around a fire and shared stories and people said things to us that was like, wow, we did not know in that moment that we were actually like that the spirit was using us to care for you in that way. Or, yeah, like there's so many, yeah, pieces of people like, yeah, I never told you this, but, you know, you said this this one time and I remember it vividly and it's changed my course of life. And I don't know, just for my wife and I both to hear that it's been, that's excellent. Yeah. It's just been really exciting. Kind of even just oddly in, um, exciting to say, Oh yeah, we're moving to Los Angeles for this sort of life, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and it's not pointless. It's not wasted. And so anyway, I'm feeling pretty great. <laughs> excellent. Fine. I feel
0: pretty encouraged by God's people. And yeah all that stuff so how are you doing you know man i'm 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 doing fairly well i wish i had as encouraging as a story as you had to share um (laughs) well actually i do i was gonna say let me share something negative first i got diagnosed with lyme's disease this past week which was perfect timing because i'm we started a series on suffering and pain oh man and so it's like god's like well you need more illustrations in your life (laughs) young man (laughs) And so, you know, I got bit by a tick and and, and contracted Lyme disease. So I'm on 21 days of antibiotics. So, uh, but uh, that's the bad news. Good news is, good news is uh, (laughs) we had 14 Soma pastors uh, that that either uh, came in in plane or or a car to Paragould, Arkansas, to the Boston Metropolis of Paragould last week. And we spent some time just all day praying and then doing some strategic planning about how to saturate the South with the gospel
1: and oh, they all cool. get to
0: come to a prayer meeting that we have. We have a, a bi-monthly prayer meeting and it was just super cool, man. Like Elbert Paul was here um, and, and, and he came up to me before he was leading the prayer meeting and he's like, man, are your people always like this? He's like, the joy is just like <laughs> through the roof, man. And the worship wow. and the excitement. And uh, and our people were saying the same thing. I mean, the, the Soma guys that were coming, they were all like, man, this is like a modern day Antioch. And they're just like giving us all this encouragement. And so <laughs> it was a really super edifying weekend for us to be able to bring in some dear friends who are laboring alongside us in the yeah. ministry and the Soma family. And then for them just to come in and be like, dude, what God is doing in Fellowship Parable is incredible. And so... Yeah. Um. so that was really awesome and so I am kind that's of riding, so at, riding high from that so yeah man that's so great
1: I love that and yeah I love how much the Soma family is growing and and just becoming in reality what we always dreamed of of just this yeah really tight-knit family across states and cultures yes. and all that it's, yeah and yeah it's so encouraging man
0: yeah well speaking of a uh, strong tight-knit family I got a question for you And I think it'll frame our our talk well for the podcast today. I had a family come up to me. They've been with us probably about, well, almost since the beginning, almost five years now they've been in our church and he's been listening to the podcast and he came up to me and he said, man, you and Brad should totally do a podcast on uh, how we spend our time with our biological family and our church family. And so, you Mm -hmm. know, basically like where's the balance and time spent, you know, Mm -hmm. with our, our, spouse and our kids, right? And also with our missional communities and a culture where everybody is incredibly, uh, probably overly busy. So mm-hmm. I'd be interested in hearing from you. What have you learned in this, Brad? Well, first, it's
1: such a important question. And you almost get concerned when people don't ask that question. You know, like mm-hmm. if if you've got all these families in your church, a lot of dads and moms, and you're talking about sharing your life in this way. And none of them are ever raising their hands saying, okay, so what is the, what is the balance? How do we navigate this intentional time with our families that, you know, our children and our spouses and with the broad if they're never asking that question, you know, it's, it's just, it just be really odd, you know. Um, plus, I think, you know, it's so real that our culture is busy. Um, we live in a very fast paced or I would say distracted culture. Uh, it's not Mm -hmm. like we're accomplishing a lot more or that we are doing all this worthwhile stuff. It's just, we're super distracted and it's very hurried pace of life that we've sort of accepted as, you know, our, our lot in life, which is, which is just odd. And it's it's like a whole topic kind of on its own. Uh, but, but that struggle really is real. Um, and I guess the initial reaction that I have to how do you balance, you know, biological family or nuclear family versus church family and missional community and time spent is kind of a just sort of a heart level, you know, motivational sort of response. Because I think for many of us, this is a place where the gospel really does get to come to bear, because there's some of us who are just overwhelmed by the expectations that we think God is placing on us often. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, God sounds like our, our parents from when we were children or our boss or, or something like that. That's do more, try harder, you know, you know, work your bum off kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think even, so my, my wife is kind of from that way. She was, you know, a child of an immigrant family. Her, her single mom moved her, uh, to Portugal when she was a kid so that they could just survive, you know, and, and, given this, you know, sort of pressure of like, well, there's always more to accomplish. There's always more to do. Let's try harder. There's the right way to live as well. Mm. Um, and so my, my wife can actually hear sermons where the, the sermon is basically saying, hey, all God really wants you to do is to trust him with your life. And she walks away thinking, oh, there's more that I need to do. Mm. There's more steps. There's more stuff. There's mm-hmm. more of all of that. Um, and then on the other side of it, I think there's a lot of people who, um, are kind of underwhelmed by the expectations Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) of God Mm -hmm. or, and and that's just kind of their perspective, which is God doesn't really want all that stuff for us. You know, like what's the, what's the most or or the least amount that I can do for the kingdom of God. And I think, you know, the, the heart sort of check there in the middle is, um, you know, what does God's voice actually sound like as he invites you into all of these things? Hmm. Um, Because we could, we could jump straight to just some practical stuff on, you know, scheduling, you know, your life and balance or something like that. But I think, you know, often we sort of miss that um, God is calling us to the most difficult thing possible, which is to lay down your life Mm -hmm. um, and follow him and the most, joyful and easy thing. You know, Jesus, Mm -hmm. Jesus stands and does both as his invitation to discipleship. He says, you know, everyone who's weary, hungry, thirsty, heavy laden, come to me, I'll give you rest, you know, drink of me thirst no more eat of me hunger no more which is just this most amazing invitation, you know, even all of his parables about these beautiful banquets and feasts and ceremonies, you know, Jesus is saying like, come to the party that I prepare, Mm. you know? Um, and then, but on the other side, he's also saying, Hey, this is the most difficult challenging thing. You know, like if you don't, if you're, you know, if you want to follow me, you're going to be homeless. If you're going to, you know, follow me, Mm -hmm. you know, you can't look back. I'm looking for people to put their hands on the plow and never ever look back. Uh, and so I think that's that's just this beautiful tension and paradox that Jesus gives everyone who's invited to be a disciple. And then when you have your kids with you, um, it all gets really put to the test. Do I really believe Jesus will nourish me? right Do I really believe that this is the best sacrifice for my life? Um, so I guess, yeah, that's not a super practical response, but that I think that's at least my initial like, Hey, let's put this in front of people. People need to know that, that God really is good enough to love your kids and love your spouse and love your family uh, and seek the best for it. So whatever it is that he's calling you to do, he will be worth it. And then at the same time, we need to become aware of these voices that we hear in our head that that aren't God, but are um, some version of um, do more, try harder or or do less and find the easy way, you know?
0: Yeah. There's certainly this emotional weight to life, you know, it's like the older you get, sometimes the heavier it feels. Like when I was 18 Mm -hmm. years old, the biggest responsibility I had was getting out of bed and going to school. And then I went to college and actually had to study and work a part-time job. And then I got married and actually had to think about someone other than myself, like another human being, right. I had to take them into account and and care well for them. And then I planted a church and then I had a kid and then we bought a house and had a mortgage and then we had another kid and then we had another kid. kid. It seems like, you know, the older we get, the more responsibilities we have, and with every new responsibility, so it's like another just weight that's put on our life. And so, yeah, there is a little bit, a little bit at times where it feels like when Jesus calls us to be engaged and, 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 and to live and to love others the way he has, sometimes it can feel like just another weight. And so mm-hmm. I know like for our people here in our context, you know, a lot of folks are working 45, 50 hours a week in a factory. They're like, I have to get my mm-hmm. kids to school or practice. You know, I have yard to mow, mm-hmm. I have house to clean, I have bills to pay, homework to help with. And then on top of that, our pastors are telling us to get involved in a missional community and to mm-hmm. live life on life, life in community and life on mission. And so I do think it's important to remember from a heart level what you said is that Jesus, he's inviting us to pick up a, a yoke, right? Which seems like the last thing we would need is a work instrument. You know, it seems mm-hmm. like we need a mattress, but yet he's saying that, Hey, we can yoke in with him and we can mm-hmm. learn to live the life that he's called us to live, uh, match mm-hmm. with his pace, which Jesus obviously was one of them, obviously had lots to do. Mm-hmm. He was all over the map, um, tons mm-hmm. of kingdom work, but he seemed really to never be in a hurry, right? He always had this space for others right. in his life. And so honestly, I'm trying to figure this out too. And so, I mean, I remember going to <laughs> the first missional community conference that I went to, this is back in 2009 and uh, just learning about missional communities. I remember, you know, the speaker getting up and sharing the message about where Jesus is teaching to a crowd and a family, his family, his biological family standing outside trying to get to him. And maybe you remember the story, right? And and some people are like, hey, Jesus, your mom and and brothers are here. They're trying to get in. And Jesus looks and he says, actually, this is my family, right? These are my Mm -hmm. brothers. And I remember the speaker saying, at least presenting the material in a way that it's like, okay, the faith family supersedes the biological family. Yeah, But then I would read things in, in like passages in Timothy where Paul would say, if you don't take care of your family, you're worse than an unbeliever. So, so yeah. early on, I began to feel <laughs> the tension in my own heart. I'm like, okay, so which one is it? And so I'd just like to hear from you, Brad. What do you think on a practical level? What is the balance and what have you learned um, Yeah, in, in your journey? What seems to, to work best? How do you balance the two?
1: Yeah, for me, one of the big shifts was realizing that like my spouse is someone that I need to disciple actively, like share the gospel with, and she's someone who I really need to disciple me. I think that's something people often give lip service to, but there was this you know crisis point I've written about it in the past it's it's in you can you can find our our story, but um, we came to this crisis point in our marriage where the one of the fruits of that was me realizing, man, I need meet Allah in my life to show me how to follow Jesus. Like um, she's Mm. not someone where we're on this team trying to make disciples of Jesus, but like, I mean, that is a reality, but I really need her to to disciple me and I need to disciple her. Like our, our, it's not just good marriage. It's just like what our, why God even put us together is that we would learn to follow Jesus. And I think the reason I bring that up is Mm. she's my faith family and my biological family. You know, and that's this that's the same with my children too, Mm. is Mm. um I guess I'm not Presbyterian, but I would say that they are sojourners in a Christian community, just like some of my neighbors have been in the past, really good friends who are not believers that spend a lot of time with us. And for me there's just this oh man, it's it is making disciples with my kids. Um the the time I'm I'm driving them to school or walking them to school or, uh, here in a little bit, I'll take my daughter to get her, her eye exam, uh, yet again. And she's going to have to have eye drops and she's terrified and she's afraid and of, of getting these eye drops mm-hmm. again. And that is honestly like a moment that I look forward to as I have an appointment with someone in my missional community this week. Who's my daughter, who I love, who, I get Mm. to care for Mm. her and her suffering and her fears. I might even be able to like speak into her fears with the truth of God's grace and love and power. And so (laughs) I think one thing we have to do away with is the idea that, you know, we go to missional community and that's people outside of the doors of our home. And then when we come into our homes, uh, this is our family time. It's like, actually, if we really believe this stuff, this is all you know, disciple making community. And so, you know, I have the privilege of, you know, whenever I shut the door at night and it's just my family, I'm turning around and there's, you know, there's five souls in our house that are all being shaped and formed uh, by the gospel. And I, and I, I find that to be incredibly helpful just even on a, on a practical step. I know that doesn't get into like how many T-ball games should I do (laughs) or whatnot. Uh, But
0: Yeah. No, that's so good, man. Yeah. I just think, man, even just, and and I know you've got more, you can certainly add, I don't want to hear more, but I'm just thinking right now, I mean, the, the spirits certainly didn't work in my heart as even I hear that, you know, sometimes I feel as an MC leader that I almost have to justify whenever mm-hmm. I want to spend time with just my wife and my kids and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, over my MC, so to speak. And I think it's great to say, actually, I've got a meeting tonight with the most important (laughs) people in our missional community, you know, which is my wife, like the only woman that I'm in a covenant relationship with Mm -hmm. outside of right. Only like person I'm in a covenant relationship Mm -hmm. with. And then my children who are, you know, my only children. So that's just very good to hear. So thanks. Yeah.
1: I mean, have you ever been around one of those families where they all just get the generosity and grace and love of God and they just all get it and they're sharing it with each other. Man, I would pay millions of dollars to have our church filled with families like that, you know. Uh, And thankfully, it's like, oh, I think that's what we're trying to do because that really is, you know, a a contagious demonstration of the faith. Um, So I think, yeah, that's one is kind of separating that divide in your head. And then um, I think that to to sort of navigate that balance too is to think through um, and or examine your your past life. Or past weeks or months or whatever, and to say, man, where have we seen God present and working through our life? You know, what has he called us to do? And were we listening? So this is sort of a, you know, ancient practice, a lot might call this the Ignatius examine, where you kind of look back to see God, because, you know, he's, he's, God has been stubbornly persistent and present in our past when we didn't recognize him or or not. And so one of the things that we've done in our life is just to look back at different moments and see, wow, God was so present in that neighbor wanting to know more about what we're doing with our lives, or he was really present and and gracious when this family invited Nora into a soccer game or soccer club with her, or, you know, we like sort of see all this stuff. And we're like, wow, these are all really good things that come from God. How are we responding to them? How are we welcoming them into our lives? How are we, you know, seeing God there, Uh, as well as sort of examining what are the things that God is calling us to right now? Um, And I think one of the things that we've sort of gotten to the habit of, my wife and I, is realizing that there's probably at any given time about three or four families or people that God is really saying invest invest, you know, seek out, seek out, Mm -hmm. uh, which Mm -hmm. I think is true. Even if you look at Jesus's discipleship of his disciples, he's, he's got a couple handfuls of people that he's been set told by the father, seek out, seek out. Um, that's even what he says in his, you know, high priestly prayer, you know, I discipled the people that you gave me. And so I think that that's a key piece too, um, is to even as a family say, who are the people that God is saying to pursue, you know, within our community, and with our neighbors. Um, And then I think there's, this is always the really fearful step, which is just to pray, you know, to pray, what is it that, you know, God wants me Mm. to do in this next season. And I do think it is seasons of life. I think, Mm. you know, to speak to that hurried life sort of thing, there's, there's way too much of us, too many of us as Americans are living day to day, or, you know, morning to afternoon, morning to afternoon, you know, like, and i think god really wants us to zoom back and think in terms of seasons you know like what does god wants to do this fall this spring you know this summer you know what is he wanting us to be about what are the people that he's calling us to really seek after or you know what are the hopes and the longings of our hearts because he put us here in this place for a moment and let's let's have those sort things sort of dictate what we do and i think for for my family that's really directed, you know, different events and stuff that we do. Um, like in this most recent season, uh, our daughter, Nora has gotten really into pottery. And it was one of those things where the, one of our favorite coffee shops has just the coolest pottery and the cups. And then, uh, at Christmas time, uh, my wife found her Instagram feed, the Potter who makes all these cups and, and her and, my wife and my daughter kept watching all these videos. And then they found out that she was going to be doing a a, a, a show for Christmas so that people could buy her pottery. And they went and uh, Nora was super excited to meet the You know, she thought she was this really famous person because she mm-hmm. saw, you know, a video of her and awesome, they ended man. up, you know, Kim is the, the lady and she took Nora into the back to show her her wheel and like all of her workshop stuff. And, Then a few weeks later, uh, Kim posted on Instagram saying, I'm trying to find this little girl. She's like four years old. Her name's Nora. And she came to my Christmas bazaar. Uh, if, if, if you're her parent, you know, I have all this stuff to give her. And so we connected with her again. And Hmm. one thing led to another to where, you know, even this morning, Nora had a pottery class, uh, with Kim. And this happens like every week. And, It's been just sort of bizarre how because of that, our family has sort of journeyed with this single gal uh, from Wisconsin as she's kind of decided Mm -hmm. to move back to Wisconsin and go back to her hometown and and sort of seek some stuff there uh, restoratively. And it's just been this bizarre Mm -hmm. thing of like, wow, our family, our children, like this is such a, a beautiful thing that God called us into. And I think there's stuff like that happening in every family and we miss it, you know. And so I I guess the big practical step would be to pause and try to listen to, to, to the spirit on what has he done and what is he doing?
0: Excellent, man. Great stuff. So very good.
1: (laughs) uh, Well, I don't know if you have more to add to that, Jared, but I know that you have also gone through, like you just had your third child. You have a ton of stuff going on. Um, How have you, you know, sort of walked through, you know, that, that sort of balancing act?
0: Yeah. I love what you said about seasons. And so obviously we just had our, our third kid. I mean, he's five months old now and you know, my daughter played soccer this year, my son and T-ball and those were first, you know, so that's a new season and we're trying to balance that. And so obviously things look a little bit different for us now than they did with our first missional community that we launched five years ago, we didn't have any kids that were born. And so um, I think that's, that's very important to be sensitive to the seasons I think it's important with your mm-hmm. MC to clarify expectations, uh, you know, mm-hmm. to to, to yeah. let them know, like, this is where we are. So you need to know where you are and then make that, like, let mm-hmm. them know that as well. Uh, just like with any relationship. Good. And so I think that a lot of times, whether it's marriage or friendship or whatever things, sometimes go... Um, Yeah, they go sour because of unrealistic expectations, you know. And so people hop into an MC expecting Mm -hmm. you're going to be BFF. And I think it's just just wise to probably let people know um, often, like, this is reality. So this is where we are. Mm -hmm. And so, and then, you know, for something that we've done in the past, sometimes we're good with it, sometimes we're not, is we try to set a schedule. I pick, uh, you know, the last MC that we we just multiplied, by the way, our, our MC this Sunday and uh, before mm-hmm. we multiplied, we had 45 adults in the MC. And so as you could imagine, that was like, was like 45 adults and 40 kids. So it was like a small country church, literally. Mm-hmm. And so now, fortunately, I mean, the, <laughs> we multiplied out the majority and we're like 14 adults with uh, four kids. And so mm-hmm. things look quite a bit different. But one of the things that we did when we were that, when we were that large is we had to create a schedule. And we had to say, okay, like yeah. we're gonna. Here's here's basically the schedule as far as mission, community, all that stuff, and then we sent it out to people just so we could stay organized. And so I know for those that are listening, they're like more like organic over structures. You're just like cringing right now, and so um, <laughs> I will just add in there we were prayerfully planning. And so if that makes you feel any better, but um, <laughs> but you know I think right now in this season what we're looking at, Brad, is we have just on the ground level we have an MC meal uh, once a week where everyone comes together and we we eat and uh, just enjoy uh, one another's company. and We have a discussion uh, while we're there. Sometimes uh, it's kind of just organic in nature, and then sometimes it's around like the sermon or or uh, something along those lines. And then everyone's asked if they're a member to be in a fight club. And so, you know, I'm in a fight club mm-hmm. that meets on Thursday mornings at 6.30 a.m., 6.30 to 7.30. And then for just where we are in this stage of our life, uh, we – uh, try to have a family over probably every other week outside of our MC meal, just have them over the house. And we try to set expectations. that Hey, we need to start getting the kids down in bed by around seven 30, somewhere around there. And so just so they can be mindful of that. And then we're, you know, we're connected to uh, internationals and refugees in our city. That's where our missional community is serving. And so my wife and I, along with uh, others in the MC are, are the first and third Wednesday of every, every week or every month. I'm sorry. Uh, we're going and hanging out. And so and then we're just trying to show grace and all those. Right. Because there's certain weeks where, where those fall through right. and things don't happen. But that's that's kind of what we've we've tried to set. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's great. I love that.
1: And especially, yeah, the the clarification of expectations. That's so good. That's that's such gold and just relational maturity. You know, uh, <laughs> hopefully we can all sort of grow in to say like, hey, this is where I'm at right now. And this is what I'm able to give is. Yeah, that's just really huge. Um, and, and it's also it's really just similar to where you know my family is right now. I think we kind of have parallel lives and and just different cities <laughs> you and I, because uh, we, we yeah, we had our third child just a year and a half ago and and yeah, sort of similar place. I mean, right now, everything in our life is you know, up in the air, and we've got boxes everywhere. but but it typically what has been typical for us is, to have a similar rhythm with our community where, Hey, we're going to see you at least once a week, have a meal with you, probably either a DNA or fight club type thing, or we'll do something on mission together as well each week. And then let's hang out on Sunday, you know, like let's make Sunday, a slow paced, you know, worshipful day uh, together. Um, I think, you know, some of the other things I'd add that just we've added as a family is trying to keep some sort of Sabbath each week where we, Uh, do the Eugene Peterson thing of party and play, where there's one day a week where it's just us as a family, and we're not trying to advance anything or push anything forward, or we're not trying to hang out with people so that we can have some intentional conversation with them. It's just, hey, what sounds like fun for us to do today to enjoy what God's created, and how can we pray as we do this stuff? So that looks like a bunch of different things, but I think that's a rhythm that we've put in that we just hold to be sacred, and then we do have people over, but we've you know begun to ask people to come over after bedtime. We're like, hey, mm-hmm. you want to come over at like seven thirty, and we'll be putting the kids to bed. You can clean up our living room, and then we'll you know crack open a bottle of wine or whatever, and we'll just chat. Uh, we can do that, you know, um, <laughs> as sort of that that's what our bandwidth is. Uh, which I think is, yeah, it's, it's been working out for us in this season. I have no idea, you know, what the Lord has with us in the next season, but, but that's where we are.
0: Good stuff, man.
1: Yeah. I hope that that gives something to to the, you know, the member of your church who was, who was asking. Uh, I, I know that um, it's, it's a really tricky thing. And a lot of times we want to be prescriptive and say, Hey, this is what you have to do, you know, follow this template. But uh, essentially, I think there's there's a lot of listening work to be done by, by each family and each community. Well, uh, that concludes this episode of the, the Saturate podcast. Uh, if you're enjoying the podcast, if you're one of our listeners and, and you think this has been really helpful, please give us like a review or a like on you know iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever you're listening to us. Because that just kind of helps other people find us and you know learn about the podcast uh so hopefully this can you know help more and more people and uh yeah and also yeah if you have any questions about missional communities or if you have ideas on topics for future podcasts just send us uh, a message you can email us connect with us at hello at saturate the world.com so that's hello at saturate the world.com to get in touch with us and I uh, hope you're having a, a really great beginning of summer and we'll see you guys next time.
0: Today's podcast was edited by Ben Fort and our theme music is written and performed by the band Mopac. This podcast is produced by Saturate. Saturate's hope is to see one missional community for every 1000 people in every city. As we see the glory of God fill every person, every place, and every church. We participate in this vision by curating resources, training, coaching, consulting, and many more ways. Find out more at saturatetheworld.com.